Hey guys, happy Tuesday, choose yourself. I hope you guys find yourselves in a good space this morning as you listen to this podcast. Like I said last week, we'll be starting our new series called The Four Seasons as we really just talk about the different phases that we go through in life, you know, and the different experiences that we have that influence us and leave an imprint on us in so many different kinds of ways. And, you know, in South Africa right now, um, and I think kind of globally, we're really seeing everything starting to open up, you know, restaurants, you can have some kinds of gatherings. Um, I actually went to a gathering, a birthday party, um, you know, still within, you know, the, the number limit. But nonetheless, went to a birthday party this weekend. And I was so shocked that I still know how to talk to other people, <laughs> apart from my sister and my boyfriend. Um, you know, because you, you spend so much time with certain people throughout this lockdown period that seeing other people, and in my case, meeting new people, is an experience in of itself. So it was quite interesting to kind of um, meet people and talk to people and see where everybody is. But yeah, I mean, everything's starting to open up and, you know, everything's starting to kind of blossom, you know, ironically, as we as we are in spring in South Africa, everything's starting to come back, you know, to the flow of how it was um, before lockdown even started. And um, I think that's quite an interesting experience, you know, because lockdown has meant so many things to to so many of us and um i think that's how i really wanted to start this se- this um series um on the four seasons because after such a long time in lockdown and i mean we started lockdown what in march so it's been a very long time it's been a lot of months and so much has happened during that time And um, I wanted to just create a space where we can reflect about, you know, the different things that have happened to us and the things that we've experienced and how this time has been for us. Um, But with a particular focus on four categories. And um, like I said last week, the inspiration for this has actually come from Ecclesiastes 3, which speaks about a season for everything and that there is a season for everything in life. And the reason why that verse impacted me so much, like I said last week, is that there's power in knowing what season you're in. There's power in knowing what you're going through and paying attention to what you're going through and also being present for what you're going through and being present for the season that you're in, right? And often we can feel like, you know, with social media, with life and just being exposed to other people's lives as we are and as much as we are on social media, that we're not in the right season. You know, you'll see somebody having a baby, you know, married, you know, killing it at work, um, having the perfect body, at least in, in, in your eyes, um, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and it, you might not feel like you're where they are, you know, and, and then it becomes a thing of, well, like, why am I not there? Why am I not married? Why am I not, you know, dating? Why am I not pregnant? You know, why haven't I had a baby yet? Why am I the one that's mourning? You know, why am I the one that's lost my job? You know, so, it's very easy, I think, when you're overly exposed to everybody's life via social media, WhatsApp statuses, whatever, to really feel 
um, stuck in a season and in the wrong season and somehow trying to, you know, fast track the season that you're in instead of really being present in the season that you're in and being expectant for a blessing and a breakthrough from the season that you're in. Because it is my belief that every season has a blessing. You know, everybody says every season has a reason. Yes, every season does have a reason, but I also believe that every season has a reward. I don't care what season it is. I always believe that there is something that's being deposited in us, even in the tough, uncomfortable, ugly seasons, there's something being deposited and your ability to receive that reward, to receive that blessing, that character build, that upgrade is solely dependent on your capability to identify that you're in a season one. And two, to posture yourself in a way to receive that blessing, right? And so we'll get into, you know, what do we mean by posture? What do we mean by reward? What do we mean by that um, throughout this, this series and throughout these four, you know, discussions? But I thought today I'd start off with the very first season. Um, like I said to you guys last week, I'm breaking it into four, you know, you can say pairs or clusters. And I'll be addressing, you know, these seasons, you know, in each week that we have. Um, over the space of four weeks and kind of hopefully add some value into your life um, and add value into my life as I share um, and, and hear back from you guys. So the first season that I thought I'd talk about today is from, like I said, Ecclesiastes. And it's really the first one that says, there's a right time for birth and another time for death. And I thought that this was so appropriate as we kind of go into a new phase of life after having been in this, um, what has been for some people, really difficult phase of lockdown um, and how we kind of coming out of that and emerging out of that and entering into a new season. Um, and like I said, I think this the series is a good opportunity to reflect and to really kind of take stock on what these past few months have been for you and what they've looked like for you. But in the context of the right time to birth and another time for death, um, you know, it's very real that during this time of coronavirus, a lot of people have received promotions. A lot of people have gotten engaged. A lot of people have even gotten married. A lot of people have had babies. A lot of people have seen a birthing, both literally, but also, you know, symbolically and, you know, in a way that they've they've upgraded and seen an expansion and an extension on their lives. Um, and they've seen growth and progression, um, you know, both in the real terms of extending their families, but also in, in kind of the more, you know, like I said, symbolic terms of, you know, promotions, new jobs, um, engagements, etc. Um, but this has also been a season where some people, unfortunately, have lost loved ones. Some people have actually had to bury loved ones either who um, unfortunately passed away due to COVID-19 or maybe had some other kind of illness and passed away during this time. Some people have gotten, you know, broken up during this time because, you know, the long distance thing and the strain in the relationship, you know, because of lockdown kind of emphasized challenges that were already in the relationship before lockdown. Some people have gotten divorced, you know, during this lockdown. Some people have had babies and didn't get the baby shower that they thought they would get, you know, all the overwhelming 
overwhelming support from their parents because of things like social distancing. So I think it's quite interesting that, you know, in the space of this year, on the backdrop of COVID-19, that it's understandable that people have, yes, both experienced promotion and, you know, birthing new things, you know, higher levels, upgrades, you know, um, an exciting time for many people, but simultaneously a really difficult time for some people. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's important, like I said, to talk about it and to reflect, you know. So I wanted to start off with conversation around death and loss. Um, and this is really the second part of this of the sentence from this verse that says there's a right time for birth and another time for death. So I thought I'd start off with, you know, the, the part that addresses death. And, um, you know, in thinking about death and thinking about this this episode, I was really challenged to kind of dig deep into my own experiences with death and with loss, you know, in general. And, you know, my sympathies and my condolences go out to any of you who have lost loved ones during this time. Um, you know, it's, it's normally a funeral is a time where you say goodbye and it kind of finalizes and formalizes the loss but if you weren't able to bury a loved one, you know, if you weren't able to mourn in the normal way that we used to mourning, that must have been a really difficult experience and really a hard one to, you know, kind of go through. But more so because if you lost a loved one, you know, and especially, you know, due to COVID, that this is still a pandemic that's currently happening so there's a lot of fear um a lot of anxiety and i think rightly so um based on this this illness you know and um if you had to lose a loved one during this time and you were in quarantine and you couldn't be at that funeral to also then have to mourn in isolation, you know, and not have um, the, the connection that so many of us have had in our season of mourning. So it kind of just makes it so much more real in a different way. Um, and I think that, you know, you deserve the time to heal, to reflect, to mourn and to work through your various phases of grief. What I found interesting about the phases of grief, so anybody that's lost a person or a job or a relationship would kind of be familiar with these with these phases, right, and these stages of grief. Um, but, you know, just to run through them, it's shock and denial, um, and it's really, that's kind of a state of disbelief and a numbing feeling. Um, then it's pain and guilt. Um, then it's anger and bargaining, depression, um, an upward turn happens. Then it's the reconstruction and the working through of, of the loss and kind of, you know, interpreting it and trying to make sense of it. And then finally, it's acceptance and it's hope. But what I found very interesting about, like I said, these seven stages is that often they are referenced in accordance to death, right? They normally referenced when speaking about mourning. But the truth is that these seven stages of grief also relate to or have been identified to happen when a person loses a job or a relationship. So you could have lost a relationship, broken up with a partner, gotten divorced during this lockdown period and still find yourself being shocked and, and going through a phase of denial, having pain and guilt, you know, about what was your part in it, feeling angry and bargaining, you know, being depressed. 
and all the other phases and stages of grief. Similarly, with a lost job, you know, a lot of companies had to downsize, a lot of companies had to retrench. And it must be really hard as well, like, especially now that things are opening up, it's like, well, you know, what about my job, you know, so being unemployed and being unemployed, not by choice, you know, not deciding to start an entrepreneurial venture, but, you know, actually being let go, being fired, being retrenched um, is also a huge loss, you know, a huge, huge, huge loss. And there are a lot of conflicting emotions and justified feelings that come with that experience. Um, And I think, being in isolation, like I said, must be a really difficult place to be in if you've had a loss, any of these losses, you know, death, loss of a job or a relationship, being in isolation must have been a really testing time. Um, but again, in, in preparing for this, I thought about my mourning period where I lost my mom my mom had died. And it was such an interesting phase, you know, for me and such an interesting season. And one of the reasons why it was so interesting was because, I mean, I was very close with my mom and she was really, you know, my best friend. She was a great mom. She was a single parent, but she she was amazing. And when she died, I literally felt like I lost a piece of myself. I literally felt like I died. You know, I literally felt lost you know I was 21 when she died quite grown um but even though I was 21 I felt like a child I felt this overwhelming sense of just being lost of displacement um I felt this overwhelming sense of of death you know to myself and in myself and this complete detachment from how I understood life It also put a huge strain on my spiritual walk with God because as a person who believes in God, as a person who believes in the power of prayer, there was also a lot of anger, you know, and a lot of just this, this, this confusion around what's the point? Like, what is the point if I pray for other stuff and they happen? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't she get healed? You know, why didn't she recover? Um, And I think it was really, really hard because there just weren't any answers. You know, there really weren't any answers. Um, She got sick and, you know, she had died within, you know, six to nine months of, of, of getting this disease. And in the beginning, we didn't even know what it was, right? Um... We didn't know what it was. We didn't know, you know, where it came from. We just didn't know. So there's a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of ignorance. Um, and I think that only fed and developed the anxiety and the anger even more, right? Because if you're dealing with a disease that, you know, is is well publicized, if you're dealing with a disease that has lots of literature on it, you're able to kind of see the symptoms, see the signs and, you know, act accordingly. When you're dealing with a, a disease that is so unknown to everybody around you, it's kind of like, well, damn, like, how do we how do we do this? Um, how exactly do we prepare ourselves? Do we need to prepare ourselves? Is it as serious as, as the doctors are saying? You know, do they understand what they're doing? Um, so, yeah, so motor neuron is, is the disease that unfortunately my mom actually um, died from. But it was a tough disease. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's such, a, it's such a, a rare disease that understanding it 
to date is something that I struggle with. Um, but apart from, you know, that experience of losing her and, and the, the disease in itself, it was really just, you know, after the process of losing her, now recognizing that I still have a life to live. And I didn't feel like I did at the time. One of the things that was really troubling and really hurtful for me was the fact that while I was going through mourning, it seemed like everybody else was just living their life. It seemed like the world was literally just moving on and it was moving on without me. Um, But I think there are so many key valuable lessons that I learned from mourning. Um, One of the things that I learned about mourning was actually being present in my mourning. I spent a lot of time, you know, resenting it. And I think that's also kind of, you know, part of the stages of grief, you know, in itself, that there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of guilt, there was a lot of anger. Um, And then I got to a point where I recognized that, you know what, this pain that I'm feeling deserves to be felt. My mom was an amazing human being. She was the love of my life. This pain that I feel is a pain I should be feeling and running away from it, denying it, trying to bury it, trying to play it down doesn't give it the gravity that it actually deserves because there's nobody like her and there'll never ever be anybody like her. And so feeling this emotion and feeling this sadness and feeling the grief and feeling, you know, being messed up and all meshed up and confused um, is, is probably the way I should be feeling. And I need to feel that and I need to be in that. And um, I think the, the key lessons that I learned during that time of grief and during that time of loss The first thing that I learned was that our dreams don't die when our parents do. Um, Maybe you're you're not grieving a parent. Maybe you're grieving somebody else. But you know, when you build your life for somebody, you have all of these dreams and these plans and these goals and all these things that you are going to do together. And, you know, they die. And it's kind of like, okay, well, what do I do now? You know, now that this individual is no longer here, what happens to these things that we wanted to do? So many things, so many dreams that where she was a part of and that at least she was supposed to be a part of. And um, I realized that, you know, my dreams don't die just because my mom did. That being my mom and loving me the way that she did and believing in me the way that she did, she would want me to continue those dreams. She would not want me to resign those dreams. But, you know, funny enough, even in feeling all of this remorse and all of this guilt and all of this pain and anger, my dreams also kept on poking at me and kept on reminding me in small, subtle ways that they were still there. And so even the push and the desire of the dream did not die, even though she did. And um, I went on to do all the things that I that I set out to do. Even in that year, I went out to continue to do those things. They felt different. They looked different because she wasn't there. But I realized in hindsight that those things still, you know, happened. 
those accomplishments still happened. I still graduated um, in a time where I thought it was impossible and that surely I would die. Uh, every morning I'd wake up and still be surprised that I was alive. But I realized that we have this incredible capacity as human beings to experience all of this pain, to experience all of this grief, and yet to still wake up and face another day, to still have our dreams, you know, burning in our chests and pushing us to to do what we call to do. All of that still happens and all of that still coexists. Another thing that I learned was that, you know, life was vibrant and continued to be vibrant and life continued to kind of buzz around me. And um, for a long time, I put myself on pause and I felt like I kind of stepped out of the, the race um, and all this life was still happening around me. And I was quite humbled by that. I was humbled by the fact that like, wow, things are actually still happening. And um, a part of me desired to, to be a part of that life and to not let that life go um, and to not neglect my life because I lost my mom um, and, and to experience that even though that pain was so shaking and so, you know, groundbreaking and so moving, you know, so disrupting um, that it actually was not more than me. You know, it, it, it came to also serve me and impart a gift on me and to impart growth and development on me. And like I said, on the worst days when I felt like I wasn't going to make it, I would still wake up the next morning and find that I still had this life that was waiting for me to live it. And then I think when, when she passed away, and I guess this is something that all people that grieve do, you know, you try to remember the last conversations, you know, what did she say about, you know, anger? What did she say about relationships? What did she say about work ethic? And it's like, oh my God, like I never knew that the last conversation was going to be the last conversation. I never knew that the last interaction would be the last interaction. And I had all of this panic that, you know, I would forget like all these, these lessons that my mother taught me that I'd forget them and that I wouldn't be able to, to remember them and to apply them and to build a life that she so wanted for me. Um, but funny enough, I then realized that she was in everything and she was everywhere, that the conversation, the relationship, the quality of the relationship was so deeply ingrained in me that the things that she taught me and the things that she wanted for me came as second nature. I didn't even have to remember and try to remember the things that she said about character, about value, about virtue, about love, about selflessness. All of these things just happened to to still be there. And these were amazing pearls and tools that I could apply to different phases of my life, even in her absence. And I find that, you know, celebrating her through my dreams, celebrating her through my goals, celebrating her through the laughs and the memories that I had of her helped me get through that that phase, helped me get through those moments of grief and the various stages of grief. And finally, I landed at acceptance and at hope. 
and um, you know was able to really release and exhale and breathe. Um, but I think it's important to recognize that these are all things that take time. These are all things that are lessons, but painful lessons. And these are all things that you need to be kind enough to yourself to experience. You need to be kind enough to yourself to go through, um, you know, losing a family member during COVID, you know, we're not even on the other side of COVID. So for a lot of you, it might not even be a time where you even reasoning, you know, what's happened because so much has happened, right? But I think it's about showing yourself the kindness and the grace that you need to work through these stages, to not rush these stages, to not rush the emotion, to not deny yourself the emotion and the feeling that comes along with these stages, but to be fully immersed in every single emotion that comes with every single stage of your grief that grieving does not dishonor, you know, your loved one's life, but it gives you the opportunity to work through the the very complex emotions that come along with that loss, that come along with that experience. And I think that you owe yourself that kindness and that mercy and grace to go through that. Um, I think my hope for you is that while you work through this, that you learn so much about yourself, so much about life, and so much about the one that you loved and lost, and that you'll learn that in all of this experience, that the love and the lessons and the presence of that person lives on. Um, and it's, it might be too soon to acknowledge that right now, but to certainly allow yourself to go through the different phases and stages of that grief to go through the different stages and phases of it you know i think when it comes to the the experience of a a lost job it might not feel like um you know the gravity might not feel as heavy as the the loss of a loved one you know for example when you mourn over your job people might think that you're being a bit dramatic but you also had plans for your job. You know, you probably liked your colleagues. You probably liked the environment. And even if you didn't, you know, that doesn't mean you wanted to be fired. You know, so even if it wasn't the best workspace, even if it wasn't the best people that you were with all the time, that doesn't mean you wanted to be fired. And it certainly doesn't mean that being fired was part of your long term or short term goals. And um, I think as well, you know, going through the phases um, being upset, you know, being depressed, being angry, you know, being in denial, all the various phases that you are allowed to go through those phases. Um, nobody knows how to behave in a pandemic and certainly nobody knows how to behave in a pandemic once you've lost your job, you know, but I think going through these various phases and stages of grief and working through those different feelings is something that is important you know, to, like I said, be fully present in those experiences and in those feelings and allowing yourself to feel those feelings and to feel those emotions, um, I think is important. But again, I think, like I said, it's it's a two-phased um, sentence that's mentioned in, in this um, verse, that there's a right time to birth and a right time for death. And so as I covered death quite excessively, um, there are things that we also learn in seasons of, of birth and seasons of newness, you know. Um, 
and again, I think it's it's crazy to feel that, you know, while everybody's going through a certain kind of situation, that you're now in this phase of promotion and upgrade and expansion. And, you know, like I said, to those moms that really have had kids that have physically given birth, that that's also a whole new experience on its own. And they, that there's so many overwhelming feelings um, that can come with a new blessing in your life. Um, I think the, one of the key points um, or a few key points to discuss newness is in realizing that first, you know, sometimes what we give birth to often feels bigger than us. Um, and that's okay. I think it's okay to feel that that promotion, that new job, that new relationship, this new baby is something that's bigger than you. But to remember that truly it's not. Um, that while it feels bigger than you, that you have the capacity to walk in it and to to really be available for it. Um, I think it's important that, you know, when entering a new season um, of newness and promotion and upgrade, um, that you own it as yours. You know, often when we get a blessing, it's just so unbelievable that it's happened to us that we kind of isolate ourselves from the blessing and fall into imposter syndrome and um, are unable to reconcile the blessing with us. You know, it's kind of like, there's that blessing over there and here's me and I can't believe I have this blessing and it doesn't really feel like me and I feel like a fraud. Um, But, you know, the truth of the matter is that, you know, every blessing, every promotion, every upgrade has happened for you, but it's also happened through you. You know, it's, it's, it's who you are and what you do that has resulted in that. Um, and so I think it's important that while it can feel intimidating and even, even overwhelming, um, that you still accept it as your own and that you own it for yourself and that you, you step into that blessing with full presence and full um, availability um, and openness to everything that it has and everything that it, it can deposit. Um, the third thing that I wanted to discuss is being able to treat the blessing with respect versus with fear, right? I think it's easy to feel as if the blessing is so big that like once if I lose it, you know, especially if you've been through a season of loss, right? Um, I think when I, after I had lost my mom, I was actually afraid I was going to lose everyone. Like after I'd lost her, after I had been fired, because I have been fired, um, I felt like I was going to lose everything. And when new things came into my life and when new blessings came into my life, I had this mindset of, yes, but what happens when I lose them? You know, what happens if I get fired again? What happens if I love somebody and they die? You know, then I have to go through all of this again. But I realized that in living that from that perspective of expecting things to die and expecting things to end, that it was prohibiting me from enjoying the fullness of the blessing that I had. And so my therapist actually said something that I thought was quite amazing. You know, I was discussing the the fear of loss, you know, the fear of death. You know, what happens if this happens to me again? And she said, but isn't that a good thing? Isn't it the fact that you could lose something at any moment that makes you really appreciate what you have? 
Isn't it this contrast between death and life that makes us really love life more and also have this reverence and respect, you know, for the gravity that is death? You know, sometimes it's not death or life. You know, sometimes it's life that makes us respect death and death that makes us respect life. Sometimes it's both of these contrary things that are working um, together to make us feel the gravity that is that is life, the gravity that is our existence and to appreciate that even more. So in learning that death is a part of life, I was able to be present for the new things in my life, for the things that I was birthing, for the things that I was upgrading, promoting. You know, I was able to be present for those blessings because I had the context of loss, because I had the context of death. Um, To love people wholeheartedly, you know, when I lost my mom, like I said, I just didn't want to make friends. I didn't want to fall in love. I didn't want any of that because I remembered what it felt like to lose somebody that I loved. And I was trying to avoid that. Um, you know, but again, it was perhaps looking at it in the other way that you have this capacity to love just as much as you love that individual that you lost, you have that same capacity to love somebody else that deeply, that immensely, that sincerely. And life is about love. Life is about um, that expression, that connection, um, that oneness, that, you know, there is no um, love without life. There's no life without love. Um, And so going through that experience made me realize that while I can respect, you know, the idea of death, the experience of death and loss, I need not fear it. It needs to not consume my life, that even the new things in my life end up dying because I'm so afraid that they're going to die. Or I deprive myself of connection and relationship because I'm afraid it's going to end. As much as death is a huge experience and such a life-changing experience, it's also such a blessing because it creates perspective, it creates immense gratitude, and it requires us to go even deeper deeper in the connections that we have with our loved ones. Um, I realized that in having new things, that it is going to stretch me. It is going to stretch you. It might even challenge you. But no matter the stretch, no matter the challenge, that that is also part of it. You know, losing somebody feels also like such a challenge, like such a stretch. Um into the unknown, you know, because there's so many questions that we have once somebody dies. But in the same breath, when we get new things, promotions, blessings, expansion, there's also this stretch and this challenge and this demand and this requirement from our character, um, from our souls, from our beings to be present um, and to grow and to change and to transform. I've never seen, you know, such contrasting experiences demand the same amount of stretching and growth and challenging and and molding and breaking and building again, you know, as the birth of a new thing and the death of something else. Um, Both of these experiences are so 
like I said, life-changing and life-altering, that they change your and shape your lives in ways that, that you never even imagined, at least I never did. Um, but both of these seasons are, are beautiful seasons. And I think my hope and my blessing for you in thinking about where you are, are you in a season of birthing something new, starting a new job, newly engaged, newly married, or are you in a season of loss, you know, and however that looks like for you, whether a loved one, a job or a relationship, you know, regardless of which phase you're in and what season you're in, you know, whether a season of birth or a season of death, I hope that this episode has inspired you to be there for yourself, to be present for yourself, um, that it has inspired you to allow yourself to go through the season, to go through the various motions of the season, you know, the various feelings that come with the season and to allow yourself to go through it, to show yourself the grace that you deserve. Um, you know, in thinking about, again, you know, I go back to death because I think there's so much to it, but you know, in thinking about it, you know, what's the one thing that you can do today to acknowledge that feeling, to acknowledge your season, you know, it could be writing it down in a journal, you know, it could be, you know, when I lost my mom, I remember I wrote a poem, it could be writing a poem to the person that you, that you lost, to the job that you lost, to the relationship that you lost, it could be writing a letter to that loss, describing what it meant to you and what it meant to lose it, to gain that closure, you know, and to the new blessing and to the new opportunity, the promotion, the growth and the upgrade, to also write a letter, you know, of all that you hope it can be, how excited you are for everything that the future holds, how you want to be available, how you promise to be available, to be impeccable with your words, to be present in every moment. I think the written letter, whether you're going through a season of birth or a season of death, can definitely be a way to create some kind of closure, but also an awareness around the season that you're in. So what season are you in? What what does it mean for you? What's changed about you, you know, in terms of your feelings, your perspective, your emotions, your outlook, whatever it is, you know, what's changed? Um, how have you grown? How have you shifted? Um, what have you learned? You know, these are all things that you can address in this letter, um, this open letter to this first season, whether it is death or birth. But I hope, like I said, that this episode has been useful to you guys and valuable. And if anything has created some, uh, some room for you guys to reflect and some room for you guys to create a space where you can really be present in your feelings and your emotions and the various season that you're in right now and show yourself the kindness and the grace that you need to get through it and to also get your blessing and your reward from it. Happy Tuesday, choose yourself guys.